Hello out there in Retro TV Extended Universe. I'm Romy Romack. And I'm Blossom Drury. And welcome to Talk Ship Get Hip, the only Love Boat podcast review show. To ever exist. I'm Actually, there might be a few other, but we are certainly... We've confirmed the existence of a few others previous to us. We are certainly however, the most fabulous. There's no other kind. I mean, there's the kind that doesn't have us. Right, which is just not right. one that you're interested in. Um, we're here. We are jumping in. We, at this point, episode zero is out. But this is this is the real deal. This is the beginning of the rest of our lives. This is episode one. We are today reviewing season one, episode one. Of the eponymous Love Boat TV show. Technically, there was... Okay, so was there one movie before the show or were there like two movies before the show no, because Romy, I, knew- I you were learning this in real I time learning- with the audience last week no we, i was already learning this last week we there are three movies three movies three before movies the show before that three movies before the show uh-huh but we're here we're anyway. transporting ourselves back to september 24th 1977 77 this is the first episode but before we before we jump in we have to do what i think we're going to practice in every single podcast episode we're gonna we're gonna do a a boarding of sorts you know some could say a check-in um some could say a loading of cargo of of emotional cargo of just personal well-being cargo how's my sister doing how how are you i am um i'm feeling pretty good it's been quite a crazy week and i can't say been i want to say i want to speak as though it's past tense but you know really we're we're in the middle of it um i'm enjoying myself i'm remembering to have fun and i'm remembering that i wanted to be busy and that i brought being busy upon myself but yeah you know it's giving i like to say booked and cursed but i don't want people to think of this the wrong way but i think booked and cursed is like i'll explain it as it's not obviously we're appreciative of every booking. However, like booked and cursed is that feeling of being like, oh my God, I have so much to do. Booked and cursed is being, is that feeling of like wondering if there's going to be any resolve to this concept that you're trying to hit people over the head with. And if is, is it going to land? That's booked and cursed. And the stress of booked and cursed is kind of cool. It's kind of like an energy source. If you're one of those people who can like throw a little bit of chaos into your life, but you know, it's good. It's been a busy week. It continues to be a busy week. There's lots of shows. We did a show together the other night. Um, we slayed. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, it was... Had you ever... I had never even been to that venue, the Get Down. Yes, I have been. I had performed there before. But yes, I'm... I'm obsessed with this. Booked and honey, if you can't if you you can't be booked and blessed if you don't also feel booked and cursed. I think that it's just no one wants to say booked and cursed, but I think if we all embrace booked and cursed, that's just like you can't be afraid of of that shameful id telling you that like maybe you shouldn't have done anything anyway. You've got to embrace it. Yeah, well you're speaking to the real <laughs> human part of being a drag queen, a drag artist, a performer, which is yeah, that we, I would say across the board, most performers I know, most drag artists I know, do perform, uh, experience a level of anxiety or, or you know, mounting pressure before a performance, before a number. There's there's all kinds of factors into yeah. into getting to the magic 
of doing the thing. Which is why you have to make sure that whatever you're doing is like particular. Well, this is actually only what works for me, but I find that if you remind yourself of how stupid what you're doing is, it's a really good like little check-in that like it doesn't have to be that serious to you. Like you can just be like, okay, well, I'm throwing board games around everywhere and eating like sorry pieces to a jewel song that more people than I was expecting to remembered. The audience loved it. The audience was they they were at the jewel sing along. They were at the the jewel tribute show for for five minutes while my sister was on. Painted green, painted green for the gods. She's getting painted green again. I love this for you. I love being. I love your fantasy of being booked and cursed. And I think and I, green twice in the same and week. And green. That's where the curse comes in. No, I, I get, think from my perspective, I get to say that you are booked and blessed, and you are slaying it. So thank you. I'm glad this this cargo, the cargo this week is it's busy. You know, she has a lot of bags. Maybe you know a lot of. Not a lot of baggage, but a lot of bags that she's checking into this, yeah. this, this week. And I'm just being cruise. melodramatic. It's not that hard being green. It's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can also slay while being green. Um, exactly. Yeah. Feeling similarly. Feeling feeling booked. And well, now I feel like I have to come up with a third one that isn't blessed or cursed. Well, I feel like if you're doing booked. booked no, go ahead. I think if you're doing booked and blessed, I think there needs to be something else in cursed, not cooked and cursed. Because cooked, cooked and cursed <laughs> is sick, though. I don't know, but cooked and cursed that implies like, who wants to eat the cooked meal that you are now? If you're cooked and cursed, like, yes. what were you cooked for? How were you prepared? And you're cursed, right? But I don't know. Booked and cursed is great. Yes, booked I don't feel booked and cursed. I I feel booked and blessed, but booked and busy for sure. There there is that element of it always, but yeah, it's just go go go. I think I'm in a place right now where I'm like once again reassessing of like you have to stop and smell the roses, of course, while you're while you're being booked, you know, because there's yes. so much magic along the way too. But you, know, you have to let yourself have fun. Yeah, but this is a good point. We want to clarify that. Um, for those watching or for those just listening, we do look gorgeous. Um, my sister's wearing a beautiful little red doggy Dalmatian sweater. Um, I believe I heard a, a hand-me-down from, once again, shout out two episodes in a row, our lovely fashionista drag mother, Violet Hex. Yes. Um, I'm wearing a cute little orange thing also for for those just listening. But uh, we will be in drag one day on the podcast. But this is all to say we're booked and busy. So sometimes yeah, we're we just busy. Just... Exactly. This is giving the moments in between the most important moments to treasure or something. <laughs> right. That was super convincing. As as we were talking about, you know, you cannot let, uh, you, you can't not appreciate it. There was a time when we weren't able to do anything. Right, right. Um, I think bef- I, before we jump into the episode, I feel like another part of our segment of our of our loading cargo of our boarding, our our check in at the top of the episode should center a little bit about love, right? I mean, this right. is talk ship get hip. We're here to to talk ship, talk relationship. Um, my sister, do you have any uh, romantic occurrences, happenings, the shakenings in in this current milieu that you want to share or or debrief with me or? Um, what is that landscape looking like right now? What it, what is it? What is the? How are the waters out there? Uh, thank you for asking. the The waters are surprisingly warm for being Alaskan. I um, 
you know, there's there's always a few things going on in the pipeline, but I had a nice little like visit from a Twitter boyfriend over the week and, you know, managed to make a little bit of time to hang out and go on a couple of dates. And that was very sweet. So, you know, there's always something cooking around. It's good to have a, like at least a few um, sandwiches in the pan, Uncrustables in the DVD player, fish in the washing machine. Right. I'm glad there were three. I would be concerned if there were not three unhinged uh, <laughs> phrases there. Yeah, uh, bringing up a great point. If you're not following Romy on Twitter, you should certainly, I mean, you should, With you should look at it first before you follow yeah. it. Um, no, you will chuckle and uh, you will get a lot of um, streams of consciousness. So a peek into my mind. A peek into her mind, yeah, yeah. if you dare. There's a version of The Shining with this part where Shelley Duvall like opens up this door and the room's all full of skeletons and it's kind of nonsensical. But of course, it's like speaking to the greater, you know, uh, ghostly history of the Overlook Hotel. But anyway, in some of the cuts for time, because it's such a long movie anyway, they cut out the skeleton part. And I've been thinking about like how upset I am about sitting down sometimes to watch The Shining and then finding out that it's the non-skeleton version. And it's kind of toward the end of the song where it like, not song, movie where it's like crescendoing and there's like the whole chase sequence in the maze. But anyway, um, I was tweeting about that, like, oh, you know, we can only watch the skeleton version. Me and all my homies hate the non-skeleton version. But I feel as though the point I'm circling back to is that my Twitter, if you care to follow it, is like, when Shelley Duvall opens that room and it's full of skeletons and she like screams and closes it and then goes back to the main part of the story that she's in, like the dilemma that's happening. That's like what my Twitter is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Opening a room full of closets is like going into your Twitter or, or the whole experience. You are the lodge. You are the, the blood falling down the elevator shaft. Yeah, I wasn't able to get on. I had to call it a, um, a car today. I wasn't able to get on the 75 home enough to do a quick change after work at the salon because um, there was a ton of blood on the 75. Oh, no. <laughs> and, seriously? Yeah. No, seriously. Seriously. Oh, okay. they, 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 the bus came and uh, everyone sorry. tried to board. No, it's quite fine. And the bus driver comes out and he's like, hey, everyone, uh, no one can get on the bus. Like there's blood everywhere. And I thought about The Shining. So anyway, it all cycles back. It all cycles back to transportation justice. We exactly. Need, I mean, God bless that bus driver. I am wishing for them. I have no backstory to this. Sure. Yeah, and that's probably for the best. <laughs> but... Uh, amazing. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. That speaking, romantic, speaking of the romantic waters update <laughs> that, that took us to bloody public transportation. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of my romantic life. Yeah. Which you're some, I mean, that's the allegory. You're waiting for the next bus because there was blood on the one that came. Right. Well, luckily we have, um, some wonderful, but fictional love stories that we could talk Here, wait, about. Wait, 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 wait. We only talked about my... Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Well, maybe we're doing a thing where we trade off every episode. Yeah, I actually like that idea. Or it's just if we have... you can We can always say no. People out there, you can always say no. That's true. You can true. say no to anything that you don't want to share. We'll, we'll check in next episode. And right. we can wait more time if we need to. It just becomes a running bit. 
Oh, that would actually Blossom be a really Rogers cute running bit, shares. I think. Yeah. No, Blossom will share. Blossom will share. Yeah. Um, but no, Blossom will share her feelings and reactions about some of the romance and non-romantic plot lines because there isn't just romance covered in The Love Boat. But um, we're here. We're here on season one, episode one. Official episode called... Because there's... We'll called. explain later. But Captain and the Lady, slash mark, forward slash, centerfold, slash, one if by land, dot, 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 I think. Or maybe that was just all I could copy and paste of the episode. But um, uh, three slashes, because each episode, I think, as we've discussed, has three plots. You know, it, an episode right. of The Love Boat is interwoven between three plots, you know, three three couples, usually. Um, so we have lots to talk about today. Very true. Very true. Um, just another little synopsis. Uh, so, uh, oh, before we even jump in, we need to ground ourselves in this space. Not ground water, because we're on sea. Right, right. We need to water ourselves. Um, we need to tell the lovely audience members, or remind the lovely audience members of our podcast, of who the core cast is. <laughs> Um, of the podcast or of the of the love boat, right. um, the core cast of us podcast is us too, uh, and guests that we'll have on. Exactly. But it's just family right now. At the moment. Um, and we have- yeah. So guest judges, guest guest stars, guest uh, passengers on each episode of the love boat, but a core cast of five. So yes. we can take turns alternating reading this cast. So first we have Captain Meryl Steubing. And he's played by actor Gavin McLeod. Um, captain, you know, he, he's our captain. Captain, oh, cap, what is it? Captain, my captain? Oh, Captain, my captain. Oh, Captain, my captain. Yeah. Oh, Captain, our Very captain. Very possessive. Our captain, really. Yeah. <laughs> he's all, he's all, everyone's, well, if you want him to be. I mean, he looks like he could kind of be everybody's captain. Yeah, you, you felt some sparks. I did, I did. Honey, the sailor hat stays on. Yeah. It's, during sexy time. The hat definitely adds a lot. Yeah. So he's our captain, but he's not necessarily the protagonist, I would say. You know, I feel like kind of evenly between the core cast of five, it's split pretty evenly sometimes. Some some of the cast gets their own, you know, fill or their own arc. Right, sure. right, right. I like I like how you always said filler episode, but no, it's 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 true. It's good when everyone gets like their arc so you get to know them more. Um, you know, we also have Dr. Adam Bricker, played by Bernie Coppell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Doc, uh, referred to as Doc on the show usually, Doc. as as doctors are sometimes, as a captain might be called captain. Or people, self-appointed gurus, like Doc Antle, not okay. a real doctor, mm-hmm. tells everyone to call him Doc. Doc, uh, no, Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz, Doc mm-hmm. Oz. Doc Phil, Dr. Phil, no. Okay. Doc Phil. Some some Docs, for sure. So, uh, he's, he, he's a fun character. I'm... He's a little, he's kind of a pervert vibes. He's, he kind of gives older, you know, late 70s uh, glasses, pervy boy boots house down. Yeah, like weird, unsolicited slice of life, uh, patronizing advice with a rub on the shoulder sort of vibe. Right, perv, I think it felt weird pervert, that word coming out of my mouth, because I don't really have a relationship to that word. I think really it's the, he sometimes, given his cur- his profession uh he could maybe sometimes cool down with the the sensuality of it all yeah it's we'll get more into that as the as the love boat and as our podcast unfolds um so we also have a ship's purser which we were trying to figure out what that um 
but essentially he's kind of like a lackey. He is he is he is wheeling everyone's luggage around. A purser. A purser. He's moving people's purses, maybe. Purses, but darling. It's Gopher. That's Gopher Smith. Um, also called Yeoman. Uh, that that was a name that once existed, or maybe still exist. Apologies if your name is Yeoman. I've never met one in the in my real life yet. Um, played by a certain Fred Gandhi. But Gopher's cute. I was saying to Romy earlier, I think I think you and Gopher would kiki you very well. You were saying, yeah, we both seem to jump to, uh, am I allowed to say homicide? But there was a, there was to a say homicide. You want, we, there was a homicide joke and there was an assassination joke and uh-huh. that's what made Blossom say that we would be endeared to one another, Gopher and I. He's also just a goofy boy. He's, yeah. he, he's giving goofy, you know, he's, well, I guess a lot of people have bowl cuts, but he especially has a bowl cut. Um, and Gopher is just an apt name for him. He's, he's just a little tiny, little goofy boy. Yeah. Kind of serving that. Purser. I'm still hung up on what, on the term purser. Me too. You purse your lips. You carry a I handbag. I thought about that too. Yeah. You know, paint a house. You polish your nails. Darling. Sounds a little fruity. Um, bartender? Bartender Isaac Washington, played by Ted Lang. Uh, Do you remember him? God, oh, yeah. So, bartender is giving like sweet, kind of content to be in the background of the things but you can tell he's going to get like an arc I think you even gave away that there's going to be like a whole like little love interest with him moment or probably at least a couple on the many seasons to come of the show but you know giving um, giving very sweet side character who eventually gets like some due attention or something that seems to be the setup for this yeah he's definitely like a good guy tm you know very heartfelt he is at the bar you know which he he has a a venue like a site associated with him in the show like people are coming to him for drink i guess that's could be also said about the doctor but especially isaac the bartender because he is building rapport with like the the crew with the passengers you know people are coming to get a drink for a variety of reasons but they could be coming with woes in their heart exactly you know so he's kind of he's kind of playing you know many roles many he wears many hats but um quick with a joke or a light of your smoke like in the piano man song ah i see isaac is also the one person of color out of the core cast of five which i think is important to mention um yeah that surfaces in many ways but uh, in this first, we're starting off the season, the the series, with uh, a cast of guest stars of people of color. So that's cool. You know, we're it's not a total flop in that department. Um, some, it's giving some diversity. It's compartmentalized in a very weird way that feels very of the time. And like, right. however, could be a lot worse. It could, could hold worse. up a lot worse. Right. Um, and then finally, ra- rounding out our our core cast of five, we have the only femme, the only the only lady of the of the core cast, cruise director. Which come on now, great great position to have on your resume, honey. Uh, cruise director Julie McCoy, played by Lauren Chews. Um and Julie's fabulous. She's turning looks. She's uh, she's keeping people on an on on an agenda. She's walking around the cruise, being like, honey. 
are you going to come to the fitness class or you do you need uh do you need a, a date to the to the ball tonight right. she's she's kind of keeping the party pumping she was dorothy hamling it with her hair before when during possibly before when it was like topical my timeline my pop culture knowledge right there gets a little iffy on that but you know it's definitely like a generational thing like i remember it doing hair first couple of years when I'd have like you know ladies of a certain vintage they would ask for like the Dorothy Hamill and that's definitely what she is serving Miss Cruz director like like in the structure of it like I've been looking at her hair the whole time in every shot I'm fascinated by it I'm the way that it's cut the way that it's styled it's very interesting but it's a serve absolutely yeah and more on that I mean as the ladies we are as drag queens as fashionistas ourselves like we will be paying attention to the hair the look the accessories the garments the suits the two-piece the three-piece suits all of the we even have a segment for it coming later as well but um the branded extermination (laughs) t-shirts yeah wait what was it called? Uh, hired killer. Hired yeah. killer. Our, uh, our merch. <laughs> so based. I want honestly, like, what kind of legal repercussions, if any, would we be facing for? I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if we have merch, the hired killer shirt or some riff on the hired killer shirt, I'll just say now would be fabulous. Amazing. It would be a great way to honor the first episode, which is a great transition. We can explain why there is an exterminator in this episode. Um, on this episode that officially received a 6.8 out of 10 review on imdb that's not bad that's like a c minus i think that's a c plus a c plus okay um so exterminator is in this plot but let's give the full tea or at least the the plot that was listed on imdb with a little edit from us so captain stubing's ex-wife um has remarried and is on the cruise this episode um she's kind of chosen the ultimate serve um, to go on your ex-husband's cruise. A power move. It's a power Psychological move. intimidation. Lots of jokes. She probably had a whole script because she's coming for him. She's reading him to filth the whole time at every opportunity. They sit at the weird, like, she insists upon sitting at the captain's table and then having him, like, kicked out of the captain's table while they eat their, like, weird 70s caviar aspic thing in, like, a on a leaf of romaine. Absolutely. Anyway. And not only are they exes, but it, it seems they've had a trouble. They had some rocky waters, you know. They haven't spoken, um, so it's kind of a surprise to to maybe see your ex spouse on an, the cruise that you're a captain of. Um, so that's that's plot one of three. Remember, there's comes in three. Good things come in three. We have former centerfold of the Kitten magazine, um, Sandy Rytel. She is boarding the, the the Pacific Princess today. And she is attending the cruise with her with her boo, who is recently an elected official or, or running for office. It seems maybe rerunning, and um, it's become quite troublesome because her her centerfold issue has hit the stands once again, and she is rather concerned that this could jeopardize her her boo's campaign. Yeah, despite the fact that she used an alias and wore a brunette wig, she could have just said that it was someone who looked like her i mean like the fact checking at the time i mean like the resources weren't really there for people i mean but i'm not going to say i mean we would have no plot for that whole (laughs) vignette if she could just lie her way out of it so she has to go and try to um find the men who are looking at her centerfold on the ship 
and like destroy or confiscate the centerfolds from them but in kind of like a slapstick situational I love Lucy way where she's doing kind of like a you know a version like a, a misdirection look over there and then like burning this guy's centerfold while he's just openly looking at it like <laughs> at the pool where there's like like the family pool during the day I mean, I don't know. It was 1977. I don't know if Star Wars had come out yet. I think it had, but the climate was a lot different is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. You bring up a good point. You, you, it's, a, it's a known fact that you characters cannot lie in the love boat, but uh, or at least they can't lie if it would benefit them or, uh, or if, it, whatever, if it would make the plot a lot easier. Yes. <laughs> There's no fun in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number two. So th- the third plot in this episode of season one, episode one, is a certain Miss Jenny O'Brien. Uh, hopeless romantic, is that a phrase that we resonate with? But it, it feels apt for her. She she is really trying to get her boo, her boyfriend, Ron, Ronald Baker, to, to marry her. So she decides to take some time. She, she boards the Pacific Princess on a cruise, little cruise trip with her solo, you know, just with herself. Um, Kind of, because then we meet Suzanne Summers, who I know you're very excited to talk yes. about. Um, but essentially, you know, the whole uh, plot for Jenny, uh, Miss Jenny, is that uh, her boo is not on the cruise, but is following her along the cruise and and just uh, kind of uh, driving along as the as the ship sails and is trying to woo her over, shadowing her, mm. like the way that like a super fan would shadow like a band or an artist and just go to every stop which is pretty wild and he chooses to like his mode of transport is his branded like bug extermination van which is where the hired killer shirt comes in so he has this like super based like okay so i don't know if this is a thing that used to happen it's an interesting trope it's an interesting slice of americana and it's in a lot of like older movies and shows but where an exterminator is driving like a super wacky caricaturized van with like a big upside down dead roach on the top of it or something and on this one he has this like big fly it's like so sick um you know and it is alluded to i don't want to do spoilers but it's alluded to that we can spoil yeah there's like you know maybe they come back and when they're together um there's maybe some sort of weird toxic spill and one of the babies that they have is like a normal human baby but then the other one's like a fly baby and then they like anyway but but Okay, that that was not alluded to. But <laughs> not alluded you to. got me there too. But was... no, uh, uh, on the topic of spoils, this is about um, five decades ago. So for real spoilers, we will be spoiling if you are listening and have not seen the episode. I'm sorry, my dears, but you had five decades. Yeah, but... in, in, in case in case you were wanting to watch this ancient TV right. show, but Romy's retelling will first... always be canon it'll yes and also a spoiler to us all because none of us have heard this except the the little little people in Romy's head that have crafted these wonderful 
things. No, I'm not denying your your reality, but wouldn't that be so based though? Well, yeah, because it, <laughs> it comes back as like a reveal. Like they do a wrap up with like you know, and they come back to them, and they're like so happy, and they're all going on the cruise later as a family. And Suzanne Summers is there randomly for some reason too, and she's there with her kids. She's the and, godmother. Yeah, she's the godmother exactly. And then she goes to see like her godchildren and like one's this like really cute little baby and then the other is this like really based fly kid (laughs) that's like i don't know maybe listens to new metal oh from the house of romac yeah (laughs) okay but anyway i digress so tell me um, more about suzanne summers okay so suzanne (laughs) summers is introduced her character is introduced as like the bunk mate of Jenny. So she comes in, Jenny's kind of like on this, like, I'm going to take a break for myself and go on this nice cruise and think about what I want from my life and setting this boundary with Ronald to, you know, you know, make sure that we can have nuptials because that's what she wants in life. And then Suzanne Summers is just sort of there like, Hey girl, I'm your bunkmate. Tell me what's going on with everything. Like, you know, let's dish, let's go out, let's have fun. Let's go like, you know, drink a handle of bourbon and like go downstairs in the lobby and drag and like dance the conga line. She's basically like us the on fun, a cruise. Yeah, exactly. She's like she's giving fun party friend who wants to also like kind of have a you know be be the supportive friend, but also have like a say, like you know that kind of like you know girl dump him kind of friend yeah. a little bit. But yeah, she's she everything. To, she came to have a good time. She's yeah. She's getting off on every stop on the cruise. She is buying the handmade artisan bags, the the woven the woven goods. She is. She has souvenirs and tchotchkes in almost every shot, except for the shots that are just there to facilitate like whatever outfit she's wearing. She clearly packed. I don't know if she packed like if she did the style of packing where you throw everything in and then you put the outfits together later, but it seems as though the outfits were pre-coordinated. It's like Suzanne Summers really had a plan to have a great time on this. Oh, cruise. absolutely. She came to turn looks. Yes. Her package, you know, her her drag race package for the Pacific Princess cruise was everything. She was um wow allowed her an extra secret suitcase <laughs> as like a preferential treatment. Right, right. And we will be reviewing those looks very shortly. I that will be maybe our next segment after we uh get into some more of these juicy bits of the plot. Um or at least our, our retelling and what we remember and what stood out to us really. You'll have you'll have to watch for yourself to get the full tea, but you're getting the Romy and the Blossom retelling of what stood out to us, which what do you want anything else? I mean, that's what the show is for. Right. Um, so Suzanne Summers is there, she's slaying it, she's having a good time. Um and now let's jump back to Captain Steubing's ex-wife. You know, this is again, this is the first episode of the series of the season. So it's a good opportunity for us to like be seeing some core elements of the cast, of of you know, the the five, the the quin quintuplet, uh penta what are, what are their prefixes for five? Pen and Quinn, I guess those are the um, five. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess. I guess, okay. I guess those are the two uh, that I can think of. Um, you know, I get with Stooping, you get the impression that he really cares. I think his whole arc in this episode is to show how much he cares for, you know, his lady who's the sea or something. Yes, he cares for his lady, the sea, all seven of and them. And the ship, the love boat. And his crew, and his crew. Yeah, he he has a very deep love, not romantic like we've talked about 
there's many flavors of love in this in the show but a kinship a professional a we could say community that word gets used a lot but a sense of responsibility for yeah there is almost a paternal element for captain and his crew for sure um but we see again his his ex-wife her name is stacy and in this show in this episode she she's going through it i mean in in a fun way she she came on to this cruise to prove a point she is she is uh inspecting every pipe every she's inspecting every uh tube what what else is that what are the parts of a ship i guess she's not there just to be on the cruise as a power move but she's also like the ship inspector well yes or something this is she has another in because not only did she bring her new husband on the cruise right but she brought her new husband who is a cruise line exec so she has an in i think it's mentioned in the episode that you know she could potentially you know have some power in maybe taking stooping down maybe demoting him maybe telling some whispering in some execs ears about oh my cruise experience was terrible darling so she's showing up with her new man to like get her ex-man fired essentially it's pretty amazing and um you know the trope of like the nightmare ex-wife who returns and has only mean things to say she could have been like one of the original ones of that like before like she originated uh, the role. from fraser or um maris crane from fraser <laughs> before any from of fraser. those before any of those you know uh iconic you know terrible ex-wife characters she could have been like the first one yeah um, and she does it well. And I mean, we stand her obviously, but I imagine, you know, she, she is certainly vilified in this episode. She's made to be kind of our antagonist, but we do get a very heartfelt moment between the two with some kind of attempt at closure and resolution. But, um, that's, a, that's a central part of this plot as well. And she, she turned some looks too. We, we clocked the wig. We clocked the wig. Um, the wig was quite on. shiny. It was shiny. But you know, that's, that's kind of Okay. It's okay, but you're on a cruise, darling. The sun is shining. It's going to shine right back on your wig. That's true. There's a lot of light to reflect. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, to, I guess there, it's kind of sensible what would happen with, with Miss Sandy Rytel, the, the third of this trifecta of plots, Miss Former Kitten Magazine cover girl. You know, she uh, she finds out that her boo actually supports the issue or this kind of, we entered some interesting waters here. People didn't necessarily support her. Some of the other femmes were like, girl, why did you do that? And then the, the men in the episode were like, you're beautiful. Like you were, which is fine, but no one, no one really. And I guess, delivered what i would expect or want from someone yeah. to just be like yeah it's your choice you you exactly. be on the cover darling that was kind of something that like rubbed me the wrong way something a little bit like of the time something a bit temporal about it was like miss julie when you know she was trying to be supportive but she kind of has this like can i ask you <laughs> what were you thinking posing uh-huh. for that magazine in this very like 70s way and instead of just being like none of your business like i do not even know you are you not an employee of the ship am i not a guest she's just kind of like oh you know like let's sit down and have tea about it and talk oh, about yeah. it and, and i was just in the kind of this like oh girl it's a long story circumstances were rough which is really very sweet she could have just been like 
how dare you ask me that? You know, but I mean, yeah. I guess, or, or just been like, uh, because I wanted to, because it was a gig, like, but I don't know, very different attitudes. Yes. But I mean, it's not clear we support you being on a magazine cover and whatever formation of clothing and nudity you want to be. Because, honey, I want to be on the cover of magazines. Exactly. Maybe support- I'll be clothed just for my fantasy, at least for my for my debut. But Print media will never die. If you want to do the Angeline thing and get a billboard or have a benefactor get you a billboard, that would be cool. Definitely. We should always Nothing be celebrating. Nothing to remote our- except yourself. Exactly. A celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we find out that her boo, you know, he's he's not disapproving of the magazine, but he's also not approving. He's more so like, yeah, I thought you were sexy, which is that is a, that is a form of approval. But he also was kind of like, no, this could help my campaign. It could create buzz, and that's kind of like, uh, okay, buzz through scandal, buzz that through kind scandal, of scandal. At that, I don't know, maybe either way. All press is good press? Question mark. No. The important thing is that it doesn't seem to change things. He already knew he wasn't judgmental of her. That's the whole point, I guess. All the other questions are supposed to be, you know, it's kind of forgotten. But Kitchen Magazine. That's fabulous. And, you know, it looked like every time they showed it, it looked like the attention to like creating the prop of it. Like it looked like a real magazine and the photo on it that they kept kind of showing that was supposed to be her looked like it was styled and posed really like fabulously. Like it looked kind of stunned. Oh, in this podcast and this duo in this house at large, we love a prop. Yes. We, we will have a, we will do our deep dive into the, the world, the art form, the, the profession, the artistry of, prop comedy yes which is essentially like you know three basic ingredients uh you make your props other ingredient is have people make props for you that are better and then destroy all your props during your performance is basically the romy romac the formula yeah my form i mean yes i i like to make that's part of the 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 art of it for sure the embodiment embodied process ritual of of prop making um and i keep i have a little drawer for all my props it's called i have label i labeled it with a label she's so organized (laughs) her drag room is amazing um her apartment is always clean it's very cute Thank you. It's admirable. It's something I, I... It's a. It's actually a host to a lot of, of our friends' props right now. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I can't really navigate. <laughs> Honey, there's there's, uh, there's lots in there. Um, but yeah, we love a commitment. Uh, committing to the bit, committing to making Kitten Magazine for this episode and for printing copies of it. Yes. Or, or maybe, was it a real magazine? No, because it was very... It was just very Playboy fill-in. I like, was fascinated mm-hmm. by those interview magazines that you made. Those were amazing. Those were fun. Yeah. You were cover of one of them. I was. I know. It was, it was my favorite one. <laughs> no, yours was really good. I mean, I, that's because Romy, I mean, clearly there's a visual element to our podcast, but Romy really is the vintage beauty. She's the, the modern and current beauty, but Romy's beauty, it, so spans, say, it spans time. Thank you. I feel like if we go to Greece and we look at sculptures, we will find a bust of Romy somewhere. They they did have ladies with the Baphomet build in those statues. 
Yeah, they, yeah. They, they did have matching physicality here and there. Right. Yeah, you had your horns and your goat tongue sticking out. I forgot about that part. Uh-huh. But um, that's really the, the, those are the highlights of the plot, truly. I mean, what are some other parts we missed? The short shorts, bring back men wearing tiny, tiny, tiny shorts. With the high waist cut and everything and a racing stripe, mm-hmm. but it's like a weird blue racing stripe on like a taupe short. It's kind of sick. Right. And the connecting point here between Kitten Magazine, we see that Doc had a copy of it in his doctor, in his place of work, which is fine, I guess. But, you know, when he interacted with Sandy, the cover star of the magazine, it was it was giving weird vibes for sure. Um, so we see, you know, this is again first impressions. We're getting first impressions of the of the core crew in this first episode. Um, but that's that's truly it. And one standout line for me from the plot, and then maybe we should get into some fashions and, and okay. review some of these. But um, we see Doc. He finally kind of stands up to Stacy at the end of the episode. And I don't say finally because I was rooting for that. I was. We were rooting for Stacy and her and and her. Um, Cross to bear, really. Of course. And, you know, the chemistry that they have, the actors and, like, the characters of Stacey and Ron, it's cute. They've got a little joking rapport. They're even able to carry, like, a kind of jokey TV dialogue by, like, through shouting at one another from, like, 100, 200 yards or whatever measurements are, like, from a boat to... Well, knots we have to use for nautical purpose. Knots. Mm -hmm. That's a unit of measurement? I didn't even know that. I think so. Or leagues. 20 knots, 20 leagues. (laughs) I think a knot is a thing. A knot. We'll do research. So is a knot like the side, like a garlic knot? Is it like... Yeah, it's one... It's one garlic knot. One little Caesar's garlic (laughs) knot distance. Well, certainly those must vary in shape and size. But yes. Probably not, though. They're probably... No. But the line that... The captain says, uh, towards the end, he tells Stacy, his ex-wife, you will not treat my crew like a bunch of incompetent boobs. They are the best crew in the world. And that is very cute to see Captain have a very heartfelt moment. We, we see in episode one that he cares deeply for his crew. He thinks that they're the best in the world, which is adorable, I think. I, yeah, I think that, like, calling people boobs... It just like I know like I've I've been familiar with it for a long time. Obviously, it's kind of jarring when you don't when you watch retro media and you hear something like that, and it's not like a period piece. It's just kind of from that time, and you're like, bring back oh. calling people boobs. Yeah, exactly. Like I was thinking about like I tried to make calling people dweebs a thing, and it didn't really catch on. But boobs, I could see sort of work, but then that's kind of complicated because like gender people like. Boobs. Oh, yeah. So it's an insult to be a boob, but just one boob. I don't understand calling someone a boob. I don't either. What I is think, that? I think it's British because. Okay. Do you remember sense. the first time you heard someone called be called a boob? I remember, for me, and was it was was it from something British? Was it, it was. It okay. was the yellow was submarine. Like, oh, okay, okay. I I think there's a that one. It's of the, more of an English colloquialism. And I guess they're not even. Are, they call each other boobs, but I think the one of the little animated creatures in one of the realms they go to is called boob. I think. What? It and made... so boob started with the Yellow Submarine no. movie? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. But that's when I first remember. I remember my, watching with my sister and we would replay that on tape. Did you ever have the Yellow Submarine tape? I feel like I... I actually didn't. I, it was yellow. At I least mean, the one that we had. 
uh, to be completely honest, I don't know that I've seen the movie in its entirety, but I would be curious to. The animation style is really interesting looking. Yeah, it's fabulous. I haven't seen it in a long time, but we should watch it. We'll watch be, it. Yeah. Submarines, cruise, cruise ships. Um, but yeah, boob. We'll be boob. thinking about that. Yeah. Um, let's take a break before we dive into the fashion. That sounds breakalicious. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I love that. Thank you. And we're back. Hello. Thanks for waiting for us. Thanks for I hope waiting. you had time to get a snack. Yeah, that's yeah, good to make encourage. Some wars. Yeah. Um, encourage people to snack. Hydrate. Take a little, um, you know, meditative break. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I guess, I mean, when we take a break, does that mean the audience takes a break? Um, I mean, like... In a way, maybe, and, you know. We have sponsors. <laughs> yeah, we have sponsors as a break. I mean, just, we just give them the courtesy of wiping their memory after right. the break. So it feels like no time has passed, which is like a service that we include right. as a perk. Yeah. Please pause when as we a, say take a break. Please take a break as the audience listener. Yeah. And if you don't want to take a break, you kind of already did if you think about it. Yeah. The time you took wild. to think about it. Yeah, mm. really, really makes you think. Right. Um, okay. Episode one of Talk Ship Get Hip. We're reviewing episode one of The Love Boat of season one, the, of the series premiere, truly. We are introducing segments. We introduced a segment earlier today already. Was there a name for it? I don't know. We're still working that out. It's called Cargo... Cargo Time... Nope, we're gonna... But we do have a great name. Romantic Cargo. Romantic. Love Cargo... Um, Cargo Mance. Cargo Mance. That's when your car goes. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're workshopping that one. But we have a great name for this next segment. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it's inspired by other fashion review. Oh, well, there's all kinds of fashion review things. Did you ever watch Fashion Police with Joan Rivers? Oh, my gosh. You know, I was just talking about her because, you know, obviously does not have a, a spotless record um, but left quite an amazing legacy and I really do miss celebrities being afraid to walk red carpets because there's someone who's going to like read them the house down mm -hmm. and that element of fear has been missing ever since she's been gone mm -hmm. and it's really sad and it makes award shows so much less fun. Truly. Who could fill in her shoes? I mean people have tried and people have failed I'm sure. Right. Um did you remember, not only did they fear being read to filth by Joan Rivers, but even by People Magazine, which, um, I'm not saying I endorse print media. <laughs> At large, I can say I endorse print media, but certain <laughs> kinds of print media, <laughs> the people behind them, the executives, the editor-in-chiefs, I don't know. But remember when people would wear the same outfit for the same event, or even different oh, events? Oh, the and then who they wore get, it better. Who wore it better, or who wore it best? Who wore it better? It seemed as though it was always kind of like... Racist? Yeah. Mm. And if not racist, sizest. if it didn't have an opportunity for racism, it would be sizest, maybe ageist. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Just one of the... Yeah, it was It was something like that. But Yeah. Bad things also come in threes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. We are not... We're not summoning those things. We're doing our own version, which... Well, I guess one of them does pit... 
We're calling it sink or clink. And that's because we're going to be looking at these looks. We'll put them up on screen as well. So, Or if you're listening along, um, check out our Instagram page. We will post the looks there as well so that you can go check them out later to see if you agree. But, you know, we're keeping with our nautical theme and everything has to rhyme, right? So if we don't really like a look that someone was featuring in the episode, we're sinking it. We're, we're giving it a foghorn boo noise. Mm-hmm. Soundboard? Soundboard, <laughs> foghorn, or a, a splash of someone being thrown overboard, perhaps. Someone yelling and then like the sound of the f- people falling and then splash. Yeah. And then shark noise. Yeah, the begging for their life and then the <laughs> shark noise and then the shark being like, mmm, delicious. <laughs> Amazing. The, um, yeah. Or we are clinking, meaning we are clinking our glasses of whatever liquid you want it to be, not just alcoholic. We're clinking in Pee. celebration. <laughs> we are clinking in celebration of the look that brought us joy or right. that we got life from, you know, that we were living for. No, not, I guess, sure, if that's what you put in glasses. I don't think people do that if they're into that. Or maybe people do. <laughs> I assume they just take it from the source. It seems like something Hannibal would have done. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, yeah, we're sinking or clinking. Sink or clink, you know? Okay. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. So, look one. We have to start off with at least the classic. Julie, she's serving her classic look. She, she's giving cruise director executive realness down. I mean... It is the first episode, and so this being, like, one of her stable kind of character looks, this being, like, her, you know, kind of cartoon character everyday thing that she's wearing in a lot of the segments, it's so good. Like, the structure of it, I love um, I love the shoulder cut. I love how high it is. And, of course, like, I don't know. I, I enjoy. I mean, I would be pretty happy if that was my work uniform oh you would look so cute in this yeah i mean she needs something that like commands attention like people need to take her seriously she's a young pretty girl you know and she's directing the cruise i mean her job is fun ultimately but uh you know if you see her out and about you'd say oh i can ask her a question what aisle is the hand sanitizer on right right which yeah no one was asking on this cruise but you know which room do you go if you have the men's? Right. I was trying to summon, like, seeing someone wearing a red shirt in Target. Like, you know who to ask. Oh, yeah. Typically. Yeah. Where, yeah. Because it's red. Where the weird Target picture frames with the sick art inside of them Right, is. right. So for this look, we're clinking. We're, we're clinking. I mean, it's her staple, but Absolutely. it's a great staple. Yeah. It yeah. would be really wrong for us to not clink this. It's very cute. And right. it's iconic. It's clink. iconic to the show. Clink. It's a clink. Um, oh, we have Julie again. So she's. This is kind of her first uh, evening where look, we get to see of the series. Yes. Big, big impression to make, and she delivered. Transformative. It's giving like, eschewing the prim and proper, showing a little bit of shoulder, a little bit of décolleté. The drama, obviously, with the scarf moment is, and the matchiness of it. I really like. Florals. I know the florals. My only critique, now I'm looking at it again, it is, it does age her a little, but I mean, it works for her. She's young, but I don't know. It is, I don't think I, I think I don't need the scarf. It would be interesting to see without, but it adds so much like regality to it to have the flow. I need to see it in motion. I need to see her walking down the cruise or I want to see it tied up in her hair. Oh, sure. I could see that too. 
Um, but yeah, we love floral. I mean, I can't not pass up a floral moment as a blossom myself. So um, we have to clink. We have no other choice but to clink. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're clinking. <laughs> Uh, okay, we have a look here from Miss Stacy, the ex-wife of Captain Steubing. What are you what are you thinking? I really love it. I mean, it's kind of giving like the shiny kind of auburnish golden chestnut-ish hairs. I mean, if it if it had more red in it, it'd kind of been like evoking a bit of like Endora. Oh, so you're talking about the wig? Yeah, we're talking oh, we can, about... We can sink and clink the wig separately from the from the look also. Okay. And also from the weird caviar The dish weird thing. dish, yeah, the the weird, like, cockroach pate <laughs> with the, the clamshell around it is... I mean, okay, so, of course I want to see the bottom. I am imagining it to be, like, kind of a pleated, like, ankle length at the bottom, but I'm basing that just on what the top looks like. But I like it. I'm liking the detail. I'm liking the color. Um, I want to talk about the unit more than anything, because sure. the way that it's styled and the way that it's parted here and the way that the bangs are with the flip at the un- it's fascinating to me, and I kind of love it. Oh, I thought you were going to sink it. No, I, I'm kind of liking it. I kind of think that, like, wearing a shiny, wiggy done almost plasticky looking thing in earnest like as a serve as camp it's camp but it could come back and it seemed as though there was a very particular window of time in like the late 60s through like the late 1970s when it was something you could do as like a daytime everyday look and fully get away with it and no one would say anything totally yeah, I I agree on all parts. I mean, I think you know, I I like elements of this. You know, it, this is for dinner. This is evening wear. It's dinner wear for right. the cruise. It, everything is resort wear, I guess, to a degree. It should be. Um, this hand beating, or not hand beating, but maybe it was. But the the clusters of beading of sequins, I do like that a lot. I like that the sleeve is like a little more sheer, but. You know, if this was in my hands, I'd be probably chopping those sleeves off. If it is sure. a long dress, I'm probably going to turn it mini, mini, mini. Right. But I think I'm going to sink it. I don't like. I don't like the composition of it all. Yeah. Look at that big rock, though. She has from the new hubby. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on. Okay. Oh, okay. So here's another example of Miss Stacy turning it, and this is much more successful for me. I really did like this. This was kind of a standout for her for me, especially the way it's shot on the staircase. Um, like skinny strap. Yeah. Cute skin, length. Cute length. Um, flowy. It does look like it's maybe like, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to tell what it is. Like it, it almost looks cottony in it, this it, image. It looks like the terry cloth material that we see a lot in the series. You right. know, this vintage towel-esque. Kind of towel-esque, which I, I do like, and it's that kind of... It's a very orange-red. It's like a rust, which yeah. is cute. The wig here looks more successful. Maybe it's a different one, or it's pinned differently. It's more of an um, updo, you know. Yeah. She's got her sunnies in hand. She's got her white pumps. It's a, it's a clink. I... For me. I loved it. I, I'm. De- it's very much a clink for me. Okay, clinks across the board. 
Um, okay, we have our first looks here from Miss Jenny and Miss Suzanne Summers. We are sorry, Miss Summers, we do not remember your character name, but it's that's really a, a praise yeah, because really... we just worship at the Church of Summers. It was or a you, vehicle. You this was a vehicle for Summers. Even if this was early in her career, you can't tell me it wasn't a vehicle for Summers. To... For her poetry, you were telling me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what? Okay, so some people will know the reference to Suzanne Summers' poetry. She has a whole poetry book. She may have multiple poetry books, but um, I do know of at least one, and there's this video of Kristen Wiig doing a performance where she does a reading from it, and one of the lines in one of Suzanne Summers' poems, which seems to be completely not tongue-in-cheek, like fully earnest as she says something. And it's like the closing line in the poem, too. And it's just like, never waste all of your love on a dog. And I had this weird realization when Susan Summers' character and Jenny were talking, and Jenny's just like, I want a husband, I want companionship. And Suzanne Summers is like, get a dog. And then I'm thinking, was that a self-reference that she was doing in that poem going against the advice of her character and saying don't waste your love on a dog which is a terrible thing to say by the way it's not the best but it's a smart thing to say and it's an interesting thing and it's a poetic thing to say i think you could be honest something but i like what i what i hear here what i'm hearing here is that um the love boat has played a role in inspiring possibly um, celebrity poetry, which, you know, is just bringing more validity to our podcast. Um. (laughs) Yeah, celebrity poetry we're bringing light to. Right. An underappreciated media form. Yeah, it's its own print media. Yeah, it all goes back to print media. These looks, though, it's a serve. I mean, a ruffle off the shoulder, Miss Summers is tanned maybe burnt a little bangles on bangles bangles on bangles the side ponytail i really love purple and green mardi gras realness yeah and jenny's cute too she is giving moo moo rainbow and white um gorgeous in baskets clinks all around i mean we're being very nice this we're episode. being very nice but we like vintage fashion so it's gonna be a lot of clinks okay it's gonna be yeah but there will be sinks oh yeah there's no way there couldn't be not yet, though. I still like this one, too. So we have Miss Jenny uh, turning it still. Um, here we can see clearly it's that yellow terry cloth vintage mm-hmm. towel-esque yeah, fabric. That ta- I, it's more back with a towel fabric. But it's almost the same silhouette as Stacy's. Right. Maybe this is just a, a pattern that they had on set or something. But um, fabulous. Love the headscarf. Silver hoops, clearly. I love a silver hoop. Yes. It's a It's a clink. This color looks beautiful on her. Yes, absolutely. And I don't know. It's, you know, it's it's what I would want to wear, like, resorting. You know, I'd want to wear something like, you know, a nice pop of color, something really breathy, like a cute little headscarf. It's absolutely. Just, yeah, it's, it's what you would want to have. It's kind of the fantasy of having the blue ocean behind you and wearing something like that. The weird towel fabric, though maybe not in today's vision but i like it i like it a lot no i, I do like it yeah yeah clink clink well, this is just a we're just appreciating the fashion okay uh, so uh, it's clinks are all around i mean come she on is, now okay well we we were having some thoughts about sure okay i really okay so when she first came out in this maryland t-shirt with the hollywood sign behind her it was giving like I thought it was really cute and it looked really modern. It looked like something that you would see kind of now as someone wearing like a kitsch t-shirt, but it was also giving, as you said, very like going down Sunset Strip when you like, I don't know, when like 
your partner's family who doesn't who lives out of state comes into town and you live in LA and you all go to like Universal Studios to sort of hang out and you go into those weird gift shops and they buy like the James Dean shirt or the Marilyn Monroe shirt. I was kind of giving that. For like $65. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, so it, it, this could borderline sink. But the white white Daisy Dukes, big bouncy 70s, late 70s flip, you know, this could be faucet, right? We, oh, could, yeah. we could use it as, I'm sure. I know that gets thrown around a lot. But she just looks so so sunny, so Cali. It's it's real cute. But yeah, it's not a it's not a total serve. It's a casual. It's a casual clink. Totally. It's a light clink. A raise. Mm, you can't clink until you raise. The raise comes before the clink. That's true. Is that one of? We're building a, a gradient here. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's not a sink. It's not a flop for sure. Uh, okay, here we're getting more of the servery. I mean, this is, she's, we're at, the, we're evening now, we're, we're in the banquet hall. Um, in this moment, uh, Suzanne Summers is really telling Jenny to turn a new leaf girl and leave that boo behind. Just have a, have a shot, turn on your she womanly charm. Courage is binge drinking. <laughs> she orders a whole bottle and then turns around and forgets that she ordered a drink and then they go out and dance <laughs> on the prowl. It's such a good, it's so, it's so movie. It's so show. It's so cinema. Yeah. This hair though, this glamour. I mean, something about this reminds me of Candy Darling actually, which is relevant to talk about because oftentimes in our community, in our scene, Romy is lauded as the modern reincarnation of Candy Darling. I don't know about oftentimes, but that's very sweet. Famously. People Aww. say. People say. Um, yeah, it's, it's glamour. It's beauty. The the beat is fun. It's, little hair accessories. She's wearing, you know, a big lash. Big know. lash, big earrings. The hair is, yeah. I'm surprised the, the, the drag queens like the most draggiest look so far on oh, the show. so good. There's got, I think we're sinking something here. Um, I like these. Um, yeah. Purple pants, purple pants on the runway. I mean, yeah. Britney Spears. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's giving American dream. Uh-huh. Chains, tussled hair. This is the morning after the, the Yeah, drinking. no, it's, yeah, exactly. It's the, like, going to, to Starbucks with sunglasses on, mm-hmm. a la, like, 2007 Perez Hilton kind of photo, but and you still want to serve. Look at Jenny's shoes, too. Those are stunning. Oh, yeah, I didn't notice those. Those are so cool. And her look is not complete without the ice pack accessory, darling, to cool down <laughs> that banging, that barking headache. <laughs> it, it clinks all around. I mean... Yeah, Suzanne Summers is drinking, like, a weird pina colada, like, milk drink it's it looks very creamy yeah uh okay you know this could be one or the other what did you think of of miss stacy's second evening dinner regalia outfit um it didn't do as much for me i i'm usually a fan of like showing a lot of neck and not doing any jewelry but i would have liked a necklace with this mm, the accessories yeah and i don't know this hair is just goofy it doesn't uh, <laughs> with this look i know she can't uh, is there a hairdresser on the pacific princess i'm not sure but she they could have maybe benefited from one i don't know i i did i like polka dots also yeah. But we have to clink something, so I guess let's just clink this one. We're sinking. Or it. sinking. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. First segment She's sunk. that we're doing, okay? We're still remembering which one's which. Um, okay, this this ha- this almost this could also almost be the ultimate clink for me of the night. I mean, what band is this? Like what? <laughs> this is yeah. Totally, I don't know, but Julia is definitely the singer. She is um, giving Oscars formal. She won some kind of award that you win at the Oscars. They're giving sophomore album wanting to be taken seriously. They were in the Grammys, maybe. Yeah. Then. yeah. This ruching of the bra with a tiny little uh, upper stomach cutout, the straps that go around the neck. It's a beautiful silhouette. And I would love if it was a pant, like a pantsuit. But that is... would be cool. But I do like it. No, this is, yeah. yeah, that would take a little more disco, which we love. But looks great. And Julie slays it. And the it's boys fa- look cute, too. They do. It's fabulous. Uh, okay. So here we have Miss Sandy. We didn't really review any of her looks except for her look at the very end when she realizes that her, her elected official boyfriend approves of her cover girl uh, kitten magazine cover. But she ends the episode in a long sleeve turtleneck dress, which I can't help but feel like is symbolic of something here. Yeah, and I, I love... The color and the cut of it and i love it with the necklace like I, I i actually love the execution but for her character it's this weird trad wife drag that she's doing at the end which feels a little interesting maybe a little questionable but maybe that's who she really is maybe, maybe that's what she really wanted this whole time i guess yeah I'm, I'm not saying i expected her to walk out at the end of the episode with pasties on that's all that would have been lit that, that would have been, been fucking sick yeah but necklace over the turtleneck, I just can't help but picture that picture of Dwayne the Rock Johnson and the black turtleneck oh with the gold. Oh my god, <laughs> that is a really iconic. Sometimes image. I wear turtlenecks and I put a necklace on. And I'm like, oh, I don't. This is, reminds me of that one thing. I don't. I don't like it. And the tight, tight updo rolled into a knot. It just feels very restrained. Yeah, it's a sink for me. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Uh... We're workshopping. We're work. I'm gonna brink it. It's on the brink. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. She better workshop. Thanks for allowing. Um, okay. This one I mainly wanted to review some suits. It's it's nice for us to mix up the silhouettes. Here we have Ronald in a very cute powder blue, for me almost like prom king two piece suit. Cute. Yeah. Super cute. Super cute. Ronald looks so cute at the end. I love the the hired killer shirt so much but it was nice to you know show like the dressed up version at the end it was very cute that shirt under this suit though that would have been for me that would have been everything although Mm -hmm. that you know are we ready to bring back like a blazer and t-shirt are we ready for that as a mask look that people like i think so i think that i did like i was picturing different people wearing that kind of formation yeah i think it can work well, we don't have a picture of it, but we'll put up the hired killer shirt too. I mean, or maybe we'll have put that we'll up already. We'll put but it that's... up on our on our on our merch. Store. <laughs> right. We need to make some kind of spin on it. But um, was this the last one? Yeah. Well. Well, yeah. Because oh, this yes. was the ending scene. Here we have um, Miss Stacy and Mr. Captain Stubing. Okay. Obvious sink for me. She looks like <laughs> she just killed the last white rhino. Not the instant sink. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, it was a confusing look for me. If we're if 
if fashion does play a role in telling a story, which, hello, we believe that very seriously here at this podcast, it was a confusing end to her story. I mean, it it is giving, yeah, like traveler yeah. hunting expedition yeah but, like we had a great time now i'm off to uncover a some sort of anthropological artifact that's maybe cursed or haunted she's gonna indiana jones this yeah it's giving culture vulture she's yeah she's maybe she's gonna come colonial she's gonna go pillage the goods of, of yeah which other. we don't like that yeah no so, we don't but for her character yeah it's a saying it 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 wasn't giving us the ooh-ah-ah sensation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was a cute interaction with them at the end. But yeah, what is she dressed to go do? Raid the Lost Ark. I guess so. And we wish her well on that journey. Um, but that was Sink or Clink. We, the fashions. We have to get into the fashions, darling. I mean, if there's no looks, there's no show. If there's no looks, there's no show. That's what I say every time I go to a drag show. And sometimes there's no show in something. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow, those are segments. And maybe we'll have more in the future. You'll have to stick around to see. Thank you so much for for allowing us to compartmentalize our show. Me? Or the audience? I mean, yeah, the audience. But you too, of course, <laughs> darling. Uh, yes, Um Please continue watching. Uh, feel free to check out these looks if you weren't watching already on our Instagram at TalkShipGetHip on Instagram. And email us your questions, your queries, your queer, your trans, no, never mind, uh, your just general uh, messages to us at TalkShipGetHip at gmail.com. What kind of things would you want to expect in the inbox, Romy, that you could respond to, that we could respond to on on the show? I mean, I always like to give unsolicited romantic advice, so any inquiries for that. Or, um, you know, uh, maybe some feelers, like maybe please to be on the show as a guest. Maybe... um, Ooh, we could get one of those Google phone numbers and have people leave us weird messages. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, yeah. Anything like that, any sort of like dark personal tidbit about yourself or anecdotal slice of life thing that has nothing to do with the show, I would love to read about. Absolutely. We welcome all those things. Um, and mon- I was going to say money, but we haven't really set up any of that stuff, but not yet. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for riding along on this cruise. We've we've returned to our destination for now, and we'll see you next time for our next episode. Bon voyage. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.